Are you the kind of person who reacts badly when told a story for a second time? Well, if you are, then you're in good company. Today we'll be sharing stories from our past, playing some games, and maybe even performing a live sketch or two. Let's forfeit our mixed netball match because it's scheduled at the latest time slot. <laughs> Grab your knitting needles and a blanket because it's time for three old friends to sit around and sew a new patch into their quilt of friendship. So join me, Dion, under the covers with Christian. Welcome to Patchwork. And Josh. Welcome to Patchwork. Now, before we get started, um, literally moments ago, uh, we opened some cans, some cans of beer, and uh, Christian went and got some from the fridge and passed one to Dion, and Dion opened his and proceeded to be frozen in fear that it started to overflow, (laughs) stood up, and we're in a carpeted room here, right? So, it didn't go on the desk. He just stood up, held the beer there. It was flowing, flowing onto the carpet. He did nothing. You you watched it overflow (laughs) onto my mother's carpet. A part of me just, because I was silent for that opening minute, a part of me just thought that I would keep silent. <laughs> just, and just, Dion, Dion, what did you do? What did you do? No, I was frozen because we were just about to start recording and I had my headphones on, so I couldn't do anything. So you My could- lips were sealed. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I don't know. I guess when something overflows like that, I don't want to put my mouth all around it. It'll it'll dry. Like you just put a bit of water on the floor, it'll dry. But the, the beer is gonna go in your mouth anyway. But you can't have a go at me for like for not reacting in an unexpected okay. situation like that. You can when you move the beer over the carpet instead <laughs> of over the table. Well, you want it on the table where all our equipment is. That makes You're no saying sense. that our equipment covers the entire table. <laughs> Sorry, is is does beer behave so discreetly that it's not going <laughs> to seep into the computer ports? No, my point is <laughs> you're acting like beer is Alex Mack. <laughs> <laughs> my point is not okay. I get it. If you're like I, I didn't think to put my mouth on it. You had no urgency to you of crap. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Where's the towel? Who's got something? You just stood there and let it happen. <laughs> yeah, well, there were bright lights in my eyes and there's <laughs> a you, car coming towards me. Do you often freeze in terror when something kind of catastrophic happens? No, I actually am. I've really pride myself in those sort of situations, staying calm. Maybe in this case, too calm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know what to do. Like, I guess the only option for me was to. Put mouth to rim, lip to rim, right? Yeah, yeah, Christian, yeah. as we learnt. But I don't know. It's a can. It's tougher to do it with. If it was a bottle, I think I'd know exactly what to do. But a can, it's a very wide, oh. a wide mouth. I feel as though I have a very weird relationship with cans when they're in their pre-opened and post-opened state. When a can is closed, I don't want my lips anywhere near the top of it. <laughs> but the moment you hear the... And it's open, it's a free-for-all. It's completely... Uh, hygienic I can put my lips to it But when it's closed There's no way That I would touch it I think I weirdly know What you mean Yeah I think I know as well Are we talking about Hygiene again guys? (laughs) I was out with some friends The other week And I started telling A story to one of them So it was three of us And I then realised Very quickly That as I was telling this story The other person Already knew this story And already told it to them And I became hyper aware of it. And I realized that I kind of do the same thing every time this happens. As soon as I realize that that other person knows it, because I know what it's like on the flip side of that, being the person who's Mm -hmm. hearing something again for the second time, I always jump in and go, 
Oh, but I think I've told Dion this before. So, Christian, I'm going to keep going with the story, but Dion already knows this. Wow, he's such a man of the world, isn't he? <laughs> but I feel like I need to flag it. Josh, I completely disagree with you. Really? I reckon that you're one of the rare people that I've met oh. who will tell a story, the same story, to multiple people in the exact same way every time. <laughs> and you'll never pause to think, has anyone in the group listened to it? Because... It's about the beats of the story that make it so important. But how big's the group? It I don't it matters heaps. Okay. If it's a small group and you like if you're there and there's three or four of us and you're a major part of that, if it's like eight or nine people, mm. I'm not I'm not I'm not calling you out necessarily. I don't know, Josh. I reckon in smaller groups. Really? Yeah, I reckon because but maybe because I'm close enough with you that you're like, I don't care if he hears it. (laughs) I'm going to take this opportunity to tell this great story. What about when you tell the same person a story the second time? For me, that is such an awful feeling. So Christian, I've Mm. told you a story before and it's like, so Christian, did I tell you about what happened? And you're like, yeah, yeah, you told me that last week. I don't know what to do because it makes the other person think like they're not important and that that interaction was just a moment in time. No, the best thing about that though is that the person telling the story doesn't believe them. So they always ask like two follow-up questions and then the bit with the thing and then that happened. Yeah, yeah, I know the story. I feel as though um, if someone is telling me a story twice, I'll listen to it the second time. I knew you would. I knew you would. That is mental. Have some guts, Christian, <laughs> to tell them to stop. Yeah. Yes. But you know how hard it is to be told in the middle of your story. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Because you don't know. You're building it up. You're like, you wait till the end of this. But your reaction has to be great at the end. Well, I've already had one time to think about how the reaction <laughs> should be. <laughs> no, the thing with the problem with you, and this is what I try to avoid, is I try... <laughs> the I, problem with you, Christian. <laughs> yeah, great. I try to jump in as early as I can. Because yeah. the longer you leave it, yeah. and the longer they talk, as soon as you jump in say... Yeah, you've, you've already said this yeah. to me. Then oh. they go, great. I, I was telling the story <laughs> and I thought you were loving it. In the yep. back of your head, you're not even listening. But yeah. giving a fake reaction to a story, That's I find it really, really tough. It's so tough, especially if there's a story that you don't find funny. Mm. I find it really hard and I do it on the show. I know I do, but I find it very <laughs> hard to laugh when something isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> and See, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> we do it too, mate. See, see you hear that? So what do you do then, Dion? You you do you give the courteous laugh at the end? Oh, I try to, but I find it very hard to even give a genuine smile. Like if I'm listening to the story for the second time, God. I think my eyes just go down and I just lose all hope. But you know what? We're just presuming every story is a funny story. People tell stories that aren't funny stories. They're That's interesting true. stories. But it's the same thing when I go to a comedy show and I don't think the comedy show's funny, I'll have heaps of trouble enjoying it and laughing. I'm not gonna laugh if it's not if they're not funny. And we don't expect patchworkers when they come to our live shows to do so either. <laughs> what, to laugh? Yeah, to laugh. Yeah, I know. Isn't it awful? And that was my first experience, a live show that we did. That's my first experience on a stage. And I would have been devastated if I saw people in the audience with their arms crossed just shaking like their head going, yeah. Being a Dion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Being a Dion. <laughs> but I think that there are some times where you're with someone, you hear the story and you're like, yeah, I'm totally up for hearing this a second time. Yeah. Sometimes I'll request my friends tell the same story again. Yeah, I do that a lot. It's so enjoyable. I do that a lot. There's a particular friend of mine that has a story about him walking in on his dad watching (laughs) porn, (laughs) which is so, so funny. He He walks in on his dad. His dad's got his back to him, computer's in front of him. He says, Dad, what are you doing? His dad turns around, (laughs) turns down the volume of the porn and goes, what? 
Like that's that's what he's inquiring about. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. Dion, how do you feel about taking the laughs from someone else's story? <laughs> that's a really good point. And also telling it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we should get we should call him and get him to tell the story. The exact yeah. same yeah. story, we see should, if it comes out. We right. should get him to to record his voice through one of those, you know, like a current affair has the, the voice the distorted. Voice <laughs> we should do that. And we'll fill me with a black silhouette. <laughs> We should do a whole episode of The Distorter. <laughs> One other thing that you do, Josh, which I've raised with you. Bone to pick? When oh, you tell stories. I know what this is. Yeah, it is a bone to pick. <laughs> I got a bone to pick. Josh will often... Poor Josh. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Josh will often, when telling a story, drop random names in the middle of the story oh, man. that no one who's listening to that story, has any context to understand who they are, but he'll just go along with the story, okay. waiting for them to interrupt and be like, sorry, who? And you go, okay. oh, oh, it's this person. Who wants to give the example? Josh, I'm going to give you first dibs <laughs> at giving the example of you doing it, or Christian can do it if no, you don't want to. Before we get to that... <laughs> yeah, I'm just, not going to forget, Josh. I would like to start with disputing one very specific word in your description, Christian. Josh? <laughs> the word... <laughs> 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 no, I dispute the word random. They're not random names. They're very specific names of specific real specific people. Specific to you, though, not specific the person. To the context of the story and my life, Josh, which I'm trying okay. to let you in on. Who wants Ready? to give the example? Josh or Christian? I'll do it. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. It was a really great night. So, actually, Janet was there and we were having such a great time because... Oh, sorry. Who's Janet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Who's Janet? Yeah, Why and do you do it so liberally, Josh? Because then the second, third, fourth time I tell a story and uh, I use the word Janet, he hears, like, oh, that's that same woman that from that story, so and that story and that story and that story. Why not so the dumb. first time give context, be like, oh, Janet, yeah, she's my brother-in-law's uh, How friend. How can I remember I've, I've mentioned a name before? I don't know. I would say always err on the side of these people don't know the people that yeah. I know. No, because yeah. if they... No, no, put the onus on the other person. <laughs> I'm Janet. I'm yeah, Janet. If they don't know, then they can jump at me. <laughs> What's Janet done wrong? <laughs> but if they don't know who I'm talking about, like you do, go, sorry, I don't know who that is. Oh, it's this person from this thing. But Whereas that's if they so know, bad. If they know who it is, the story flows on. But then you have the other person feeling, should I know who that person is? Yeah. Racking their brain trying to go, who is this person? That's what I want them to feel. <laughs> that's why they're always so confused when they're listening. It's so annoying. Like, like when someone mentions their... It's the same thing when someone mentions their partner as their name. And I always... Oh, and you know what I do? You yes. Know, you know what I do? <laughs> this is what I do. Listen to this. If someone says... Um, so Jeff and I were, were out last week And even though I know it's the partner I'll say who's Jeff to make a point <laughs> Every time oh, Every yeah. time Every time <laughs> And now it's time for Oh wow of the week Oh wow wow Oh wow Oh wow <laughs> Even though Fruit Loops are all different colours They're the same flavour <laughs> Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> now, since the early days of Welcome to Patchwork, I've given everyone some insight into the behaviour of my nonno. He's the quintessential Italian patriarch who doesn't believe in air conditioning, repairs everything using string and sticky tape. <laughs> and is in a battle for territory with the entire possum population of Melbourne. 
It's on this final point that I'd like to pick a fresh story from Nonno's veggie patch. For months, Nonno has been telling me about walking into his backyard in the morning and finding his usually prosperous veggie patch in a state of decimation. Half-eaten heads of cauliflower fruit, broccoli with bite marks, and a mandarin tree void of life. The culprit? Possums. Already in a long-standing, bitter feud with this native wildlife, my immigrant Nonno did what any Australian textbook would teach. He laid claim to land that wasn't rightfully his in the first place. (laughs) Nonno decided he was going to get to the bottom of this issue. Was it one possum eating his way through Italy or an entire group of tourists? <laughs> Nonno decided he was going to build a possum trap that would allow him to stare the guilty party in the face. He completed construction of the trap and lay it above the mandarin tree, the coliseum of his fruit and vegetable garden. <laughs> he told me that the next morning he woke up and ran straight outside. The trap had been a success. Inside was a frightened possum that stunk of citrus. (laughs) Nonno had captured his foe, but now wasn't exactly sure what to do. How was he going to determine whether this was the possum who had been returning night after night to feast on his fresh produce? (laughs) That's when Nonno thought of an idea so ridiculous that only a man who once pulled a tooth out with a screwdriver (laughs) could think of it. He decided that he would go to the hardware store buy some paint, and paint the top of the possum's head. This way, when he sets the trap up again the next night, if he manages to trap a possum with racing stripes, he'll know he's found his guy. Genius. Nonno proceeded to lather this possum in white paint, shoved it into a sack, and drove the possum to the next suburb to release into the park. There's something unimaginably funny about my nonno driving his car at 40k's an hour in an 80 zone with a possum in a sack sitting on his front seat. Nonno told me he drove for quite some time before releasing the possum. He wanted to make sure that there would be no repeat offending. After releasing the possum back into a nondescript suburban park, Nonno drove himself home, feeling very pleased with himself. After all, he had shown his enemy mercy. That night... Nonno told me he came home, watered his garden, reset the trap, and enjoyed a full night's sleep. (laughs) The next morning, whilst making his coffee, Nonno looked out at his mandarin tree and noticed peels scattered at the base of the trunk. (laughs) Ma che strano! I remember sweeping them up yesterday, he would have thought, I imagine. (laughs) Nonno walked outside and heard the familiar calls coming from the trap that sat above the mandarin tree. Inside was a familiar face. A possum. But this possum didn't have any white paint on his head. The possum was fresh-faced. This was the first time this possum had met my nonno's trap. Without blinking, nonno raced down to the hardware store and bought another colour of paint. (laughs) Drove home, painted the new possum and proceeded to release it back into the park. Over Over the next two weeks, Nonno coincidentally showed his support for the pride movement by painting almost every possum in Bulleen a different colour of the rainbow. Every night, a new possum would come and enjoy the literal fruits of Nonno's labour and suffer a similar fate to its friends. That is, until the moment that Nonno had been waiting for. One cold winter morning, Nonno pulled out his Pantone chart in preparation for a fresh paint job pulled the trap from his mandarin tree and was greeted by a possum covered in red paint. Surely there's a Panettone chart. (laughs) (laughs) This possum had come back for a second helping. 
Now, Nonnul has told this story countless times since the red possum returned, but would never disclose what became its fate until last week. <laughs> Nonnul, tell me what happened to the possum. Well, uh, I think I think he must have been blind. <laughs> what do you mean? How, how can he? How can you know he was blind? Well, he uh, ran into my shovel. <laughs> well, He ran into your shovel? Yeah, lots of times. <laughs> now, I know that sounds very distressing. Um, and like me, I'm sure there are a lot of uh, animal activists out there. And Nonno would normally say those things to rile me up. I later found out from Nonna, his wife, that in fact it was quite a different end to the story. Nonno had threatened to murder in cold blood... <laughs> <laughs> this possum covered in red. Instead, as Nonno lifted the cage to pull the possum out, apparently the possum <laughs> went from a state of fright to mutual respect. <laughs> <laughs> and Nonna said in Italian that the possum looked Nonno in the eye and showed him mutual respect <laughs> and therefore Nonno had to let him go. <laughs> it was the honourable thing to do. So that possum is now safe. <laughs> but if you're in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne <laughs> and, and see a possum on a leash. <laughs> I just love all these like possums running around the suburbs yeah, covered in paint. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I think after a while for Nonno, it just became a fun activity to paint possums. <laughs> Why waste money on a canvas? We've got good possums right here. Oil on possum. <laughs> This painting is called Vegetable Thief 2001 <laughs> Oil on Possum. And we'll never buy rivals. Don't know if it's just me. It's got nothing to do with tea. We just want everything for free. So if you are new to listening to this podcast, you might not have heard that sting before. If you've been listening for a while, you still mightn't have heard it before because we haven't done a rooibos challenge in a while. The rooibos challenge started when I was in an Italian restaurant. I ordered a rooibos flavored drink. It tasted awful. I complained, <laughs> contacted the manufacturer and got a lot of free stuff from that, from that drink returning. Now, since then, we've had people all over the world submit their <laughs> Rovers challenges. Remember Trent had a problem with his car and got a new car. Yes. Remember, remember Gloss over that. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, a yeah. new car. Remember Lachlan who um, bought a tent, went to return it and then ended up getting a new tent to replace the it. Hubba hubba. Yeah, the hubba hubba. <laughs> now, I, have I got a Rovers for you? So, a few months ago, I travelled to Greece and I wanted to avoid all those shitty islands in Greece. So, my girlfriend and I booked a relatively remote island called Kefalonia. And... The only way around this island was to hire a car. So I booked with a well-known car rental brand. Let's call them Europe Car. <laughs> <laughs> now, as you know, um, Europe Car do an inspection and make sure all the damage on the car is noted. And we also took photos. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, they asked us if we wanted insurance, which was, I think it was like 50 euros. And I declined because I'd bought my own insurance. Anyway... We drove around the island really carefully for the next couple of days. It was a really difficult and narrow place to drive around, but we, we did it. And on the third day, we were returning the car. And as we were approaching Europe car, I turned around to my girlfriend. And I said, I can see the writing on the wall here. I bet I know what's going to happen. I bet they're going to find something. Anyway, so we rocked up 
And the girl that had first inspected the car wasn't there and a guy came out. And I was like, oh, this is great. I don't even need to go in. He circulated the car, got on his hands and knees, looked underneath the car and told me, I've got the bad news. You have a scratch. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, what? I've been so careful with this car. Show me, show me the scratch. And he's like, okay. He proceeds to get on his hands and knees, looks underneath the car, nearly ricks his neck, and shows me and shows me a scratch underneath the car. Now I'm going to post this scratch on social media. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a scratch posted on social media. We're going to post this on social media. So anyway, I had to pay the 300 euros for this oh, scratch, man. which is 490 Australian dollars for one scratch on the underside of the car that you can only see if you get on your hands. And knees anyway in true roibus fashion i wasn't gonna let this go was i <laughs> a challenge was afoot <laughs> now i'm going to get christian to play me in this little scenario and josh you are to represent europe car so here you go fellas thank you there's your script i printed out all the communication i had with them so on the 15th of july i emailed europe car hi team <laughs> this is a formal complaint which i am considering taking legal action for I visited Kefalonia with my girlfriend and rented a car here for two days. We were offered 50 euro insurance but declined because we had purchased external insurance. The car was inspected by a Europe car team member and scratches and marks were noted. The underside of the car was not inspected. We were extremely, in capital letters, careful <laughs> when driving around for two days. Upon arrival, the car was inspected and we were told that we were, there was a scratch on the underside capitals of the car and 300 euros was payable. I can guarantee you that not only did we not cause this scratch, but the underside of the car was not in capital letters <laughs> inspected properly in the first instance. Please see the photo of the scratched. I was charged 300 euros for, and then in parentheses, thank God our external insurance covered this, rentalcar, rentalcover.com. <laughs> The service I received when returning the car was absolutely appalling. <laughs> they were argumentative and I literally felt like I was walking into a criminal racket. <laughs> I have absolutely no intention of ever using Europe Car in the future as the whole experience was dishonest, criminal, opportunistic <laughs> and revolting. I would like the entirety of my rental reimbursed and also the 300 euros I was charged for the scratch under the car. If you would like photos, I have them. <laughs> Regards, Dion. So I received no reply to that email and I wrote... Dion, what do I? And I wrote five days later, how long did you take to get back to your customers? <laughs> <laughs> and then I received no reply. So I decided, oh. to, so I decided to hit up Europe Car on Facebook. I sent your customer service an email about the appalling service I received at one of your rental outlets. I shouldn't have to wait now a week to receive a reply back. You're a major global company. Get your act together. I was furious. And then Europe Car replied, Hi, on review of your case, it looks like you have emailed the Paris headquarters, which was forwarded to Greece to respond directly to you. Regards, Europe Car Australia. Considering it took a week to pass on the email to Greece, can you please reach out and find out when I can expect a response? I <laughs> uh, waited a couple of days, then replied with, Shocking! <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, more back and forth between Europe Car and I. And then Europe Car replied. Again, sorry for the delay. We can see that the AU customer rep manager has gone to Europe Car head office to have this sorted. Once we have an outcome, we will come back to you on the case. So anyway, I decided to take this further. I couldn't handle any more. The customer service was appalling. <laughs> so I found a website online which gives the contact details of executive customer service oh officials at major companies. So I proceeded to email Europe Car's manager of customer relations, Global, chief customer journey officer, <laughs> Global, <laughs> and... I don't know if you've heard this acronym, CEO, the Chief Executive oh, Officer no. Global. <laughs> so two of those three emails bounced. One of them went through, but magically I did get a reply then to that yes. original email that I sent. <laughs> you got through. I got through. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. As we have not heard back from Europe Car Greece, Australia have decided to refund oh you God. 300 euro regarding the damage charge. Europe Car Australia cannot authorise the refund of the rental as there was no incidents during the rental. Now, ordinarily, the ordinary person would be happy with such a response, but there's something I wanted oh, more. No. I wanted something more. Something that money can't buy. <laughs> You're Dion Factor. <laughs> you Dion. must have it. I'm Dion Factor. You're listening to Welcome to Patro. <laughs> Hi, Europe Car. This is the first official correspondence slash acknowledgement I have received from Europe Car since my complaint five weeks ago. As a massive global company, <laughs> I should not have had to wait this long for someone to merely acknowledge my complaint. Even if you were waiting on Greece to reply, you should have kept me informed the whole time. <laughs> I would like to request an apology <laughs> from you on how this complaint has been handled, as it's been totally unacceptable. And then Europe Car replied, Dear Dion, in order to process the refund, Europe Car Australia requires your home address details. Can you please provide these details? So at this point, it was just, it was all or nothing. <laughs> so I went for it. Hi, Europe Car. I'm not sure if you read my... <laughs> I'm not sure if you read my whole email, but I've absolutely hated the past five. I've absolutely hated the past five weeks of having to hound Europe Car for a response. Can you can you please give me an explanation of why this wasn't followed up, and also an apology if you think I am deserving of one? Just trying to drum up some accountability from your end. Right now, I have absolutely no intention of using Europe Car again and plan on sending that message far and wide. <laughs> and it'd be really funny if I linked my podcast below. So. <laughs> um, and then Europe Car got back to me with the final message. Dear Dion, Europe Car Australia would like to apologise for the time that it has taken to come to a resolution. As this is an international rental, Europe Car Australia had to wait for Greece's response and due to the time difference... No! Yeah, Greece is five weeks behind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. And due to the time difference, this at some times took longer than expected. Europe Car Australia will be forwarding your comments to Europe Car Greece. I just have the idea of Europe Car Greece being a shack. Yeah, <laughs> like know. a Mykonos just somewhere. Um, please allow six business days for the refund to appear in your account. Kind regards. The time difference is a ridiculous justification for zero follow-up. Plus, your correspondence would have been by email. So at best, the time difference would have been seven hours, <laughs> not five weeks. <laughs> 
actually said it to them. The reason you didn't follow up is because Europe Cars systems and processes are shit house, <laughs> and you thought I'd go away. <laughs> Cheers. Anyway, so I was really happy. I managed to get everything. And it's like, really, and it's, really cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and as the last hurrah, I emailed Europe Car Kefalonia Branch, who I haven't had any contact with, I found their email address and sent them this. Just letting you know that as a result of the bullshit 300 euros I was charged for the scratch on the underside of my car that I did not cause, this matter has now been referred to Europe Car Management and I hope this time I will receive justice. <laughs> I've also left one star reviews of Europe Car's management of these issues on a range of review websites. <laughs> kind regards, Dion. Hold <laughs> well on. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah. I love you are more concerned about the apology than anything else. <laughs> Do you know what the amazing thing is that I have to tell all you know you guys and all, everyone listening out there? I did not think this would ever be broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is a normal interaction. <laughs> How many of these do you have going at I the one know. time? I just have to search our email. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I got to revisit it. Now, with with the Roibus Challenge, in true Roibus style, I have to give myself a rating out of 10 Roibus leaves. <laughs> Should we ask maybe you two to give me a rating? Would you like to confer? Ooh. Well, you are the arbiter of the Roibus leaves. Okay, so so, as, as <laughs> so let amateur, me give myself a rating then. <laughs> as an amateur... Using what I've known for you to have your scale, I'd probably give this an eight because you got exactly what you wanted and you got a little extra apology yeah. on the top, but you didn't get any bonuses. Yeah, but the apology I reckon deserves an extra half mark. Oh, really? Yeah. 8.5 robust sleeves <laughs> out of 10. Really, really good. You know what's really, really good? Really, really good. You know what's really, really good? Do you know what's really good? Not having to remind a friend of your home address. Really good. Really good. Really good. Do you know what's really good? An instant win competition that doesn't require entering a code online. Really good. Really good. And you know what's really good? Executing a perfect sock on tile slide into the kitchen. <laughs> really good. Really good. Really good. Really really good. good. We love hearing your really goods. And every two weeks we have a really good Friday where if you submit our favourite really good, you'll get some Hay Tiger chocolate, which is ethically sourced Melbourne-based chocolate. And here's one of our recent favourites. Do you know what Rochelle thinks is really good? <laughs> When your online order says five to seven shipping days, but it arrives in four. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Patchwork for another week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for Welcome to Patchwork. You'll find us. <laughs> Josh, you have a Melbourne Fringe Festival show coming up. Coming very soon. Game Boy Cinematic Universe is back for Melbourne Fringe, uh, opening on the 21st, so 21st September to the 29th. Our Trades Hall this year. Uh, yeah, same show we did at Comedy Fest, but it's polished up this time. So the setup is we're going to take you on a uh, backlot tour, kind of like the old Warner Brothers movie world, and show the, the magic behind the scenes. It's really fun, really 
really high energy show. There's some really impressive tech stuff going on. You guys have seen the show. You love the show. Yeah, it was great. And it also got nominated for an award at Comedy Fest as well. Yes, it got nominated for the Golden Gibbo at Comedy Fest. So it's that same. It's an award nominated show. You've got some good pedigree here. <laughs> Just go to it. Anyway, we'll be there on the Saturday, the 21st of September. Come and meet us. And Josh, you have a promo code for Patchworkers as well? Yes, Patchworkers. You pump in the promo code, pump it in, punch it in. Uh, it's Patchwork. <laughs> we'll give you uh, 25% off. But yeah, uh, Saturday, 21st is Patchwork Night. So come along and we'll all be there. Hang out, have a drink, have a chat. Lovely to meet some of you. But yeah, Game Boy Cinematic Universe opening September 21. And if you want to support Welcome to Patchwork, you can jump onto our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Welcome to Patchwork. For as little as a coffee per month, you can bring great meaning to our lives. (laughs) (laughs) As we do every week, we sew a new patch into our quilt of friendship. Josh... What patch did you sew in this week? Thanks, Dion. My patch this week was you painting the head of the Europe Car Kefalonia employee <laughs> bright red to make sure you never went back there again. <laughs> and Christian, what patch did you sew this week? This week I sewed into my patch a painted possum being pulled up for telling a story about a crazed nonnal for a second time to a group of his differently coloured possum friends. <laughs> And Dion, what did you sew into your patch this week? My patch this week is me inspecting my Europe car rental only to discover a possum inside with metallic scratch marks on its claws. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Velcro the Patrick this week. I've been Dion. I've been Josh. And I've been Christian. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. I always wonder if it's like. Oh, Christian! Oh, Are you gonna try and not get it all over the carpet? Yeah, that's great. What do you mean? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have that before we get started. I still don't know what I was meant to do. I've... Take your headphones. I can't. They're on. Wait, wait. Where's that towel that's normally here? <laughs>